It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how today's crossover Thursday is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for the game no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't just made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. As I said, this is our crossover Thursday with David Harrison, one of the hosts from Locked on Buccaneers, as you may be able to hear behind me. Uh, The construction that was going on yesterday is still going on. So I am doing my best to fix this in post, uh, but you may hear some some roaring and some backup beeps occasionally as we move through the show. Uh, Much like yesterday, the interview uh, does not feature that kind of issue. So if you want to fast forward to, you know, about midway through the podcast uh, and pick up the interview with David Harrison, uh, you are more than welcome to do that, though. You know, stick with it if you can. Before we get to that discussion with David, uh, I want to talk about this Packers defense. And specifically, I want to talk about the return of one player in particular. The return of Devontae Adams is what's going to get the headlines. It's what's going to affect your fantasy leagues. And it's what Aaron Rodgers is going to talk about. It's what fans are going to want to talk about because offense is sexy. And I get that. And obviously, offense is the more consistent thing. And there are actual analytical reasons to care more about Devontae Adams than Kenny Clark. All of that being said, there was a great stat. In fact, I am taking now from the Locked On Bucks podcast. This was from the Locked On Buccaneers, guys. 36% of snaps since 2018 with Kenny Clark on the field have yielded quarterback pressures. That number falls to 22% without him. And the Packers have mostly had to play this season without Kenny Clark. Well, that has impacted their ability to rush the passer. There's just no doubt about it. And it's not just uh, uh, anecdotal. It is not just an eye test thing. ESPN's pass rush win rate 
which I can never say on the first try. Green Bay is 30th this season, 33% win rate as a team. And the reason is Kenny Clark. And not just because he's creating pressure better than Dean Lowry or better than Tyler Lancaster, although of course he is. But it's because of the way they can line up, of the flexibility he gives you. You can put Kenny Clark next to Zadaria Smith inside and wreck opposing interiors. It allows you to play three outside linebackers because you know Clark is going to eat up two blockers. And if you decide you're going to double team someone like Zadaria Smith inside because he's been eating up your guard all game with his quickness and speed, Kenny Clark's got one-on-one against your center, against your guard, and that's just barbecue chicken. You are finished if you give Kenny Clark a one-on-one matchup with just about any interior offensive lineman in football. There are a handful of guys that I would feel okay about. You know, Quentin Nelson on that list. Uh, no one in the NFC North, by the way. Uh, and, and frankly, not that many people full stop. You know, Zach Martin for the Cowboys. But take a look at the NFC contenders. The Seahawks don't have anyone to block Kenny Clark. If the 49ers can get their act together, they don't have anyone to block Kenny Clark. And in this game against the Buccaneers, Ali Marpet, very good interior lineman. Ryan Jensen is a quality interior lineman, although he has not been great in pass protection this season. Alex Kappa is a problem for the Bucs. He's a problem in pass protection. That is a place where Kenny Clark can attack. So if you look at the teams they're going to have to beat, Kenny Clark can be a matchup problem in those games. They need him. They need him. And it helps the run defense as well. Now, what's interesting, and I think will be a little surprising to a lot of you, is if we exclude garbage time, so a win rate for for either team between 5% and 95% in terms of win percentage, the Packers are seventh defensively in EPA per play. They're third in EPA per dropback. So their passing defense, even without this pass rush, has still been really, really good outside of those, you know, crate last two minutes, garbage time, uh, that kind of stuff where it's not really affecting the outcome of the game. And you can hand wave that if you want, but the Packers have played a lot of garbage time this year. So, when you, when you look at what this Packers passing defense has been, they've allowed a lot of completions, but they've rallied, they've tackled, and they've forced teams to go 10 plays, 12 plays, 15 plays, and consistently, you're not going to get beat doing that. And especially against a team like Tampa Bay, who commits a lot of penalties among the most in football all season, you are looking at a sustainable formula for getting off the field. Now, I do think you need to, in these high leverage situations on third down, you need to be able to generate a little bit more of a pass rush than the Packers are currently getting, but they're getting Kenny Clark back. And that's why getting him back this week in a matchup that is, uh, I don't want to say advantageous because the Tampa Bay interior isn't the Vikings interior where you he can just go hunt. But it's certainly a matchup where Green Bay can can make it work here, right? So what I think is important is Preston Smith has struggled. 
he has not gotten on track. But Zadarius Smith is heating up a little bit. He's finding a rhythm with everything they were able to do moving him around. We saw it against the Falcons. We saw it against the Saints. He was able to take over a little bit. We've seen some flash plays from Kingsley Kiki inside. Rashawn Gary is has been practicing this week, so he's closer to getting on the field. Now, speaking of injuries, the return of Kenny Clark and the bolstering of this pass rush is going to have to be there because right now Kevin King is not in good shape to play Sunday. Has been out with the quad injury he suffered against the Falcons. That was two weeks ago. So even with the bye week, he's still not out there, and it seems unlikely he's going to be able to go. That means Josh Jackson is probably going to have to play. Kadar Holman, I think Jackson is going to have a short leash. Uh, Kadar Holman got some reps late in that Falcons game. Josh Jackson, not 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 a great showing against the Falcons. Now, it, it wasn't like he gave up a bunch of big plays, but I, I think we have to look at the Packers and say, do they have a solution that they're happy with behind Kevin King? It doesn't seem like they do right now. So while the coverage has been really good with no pass rush, these things work in tandem. So if you're not getting great rush and you know, the the Patriots have, have used this formula a lot, well, then your coverage has to be great. Well, so far the coverage has been very good when they've been trying when the game has been in the balance, that's why that that garbage time filter is useful. When the game has been in the balance, this coverage team has been very good, and you make enough splash plays with the pass rush, you can get off the field. The Packers are number one in the league in forcing three and outs. So not only are they saying, you have to drive the length of the field to beat us because we are not going to get beat over our heads, but then they're also getting off the field frequently in these quick turnaround times, giving the ball back to the offense and they're scoring. By and large, they're scoring. And now the Packers defense has you where they want you because Green Bay wants to play nickel. They want to play dime. They want to get in these NASCAR packages and rush the passer. And Chandon Sullivan has been awesome from the nickel. He's getting back. Jair Alexander is a star now. And Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos were starting to pick it up. They were starting to find their groove again. And that's how you make this all work together. What is a bummer is, okay, you were going to be able to get it all back. And you were going to put Kenny Clark with this this coverage team and really have something. Well, now King is hurt. So that leaves questions, important questions, and questions that have long-term ramifications for this franchise because they have a decision to make in the offseason about Kevin King. They have to figure out, okay, uh, is he a a long-term piece? And if he is, what is that worth? He is not a field tilter as of yet. It seems unlikely in the next two months he's going to develop into one. But he does seem like a quality NFL starter. He's a very nice complement to Jair Alexander because of the size and the length and just the versatility that the, the two of them together have, Chandon Sullivan, in the slot. This is a very good young secondary, and they have been this season. If Josh Jackson can go out and play well in a situation where he's facing one of the all-time greats and a banged-up receiving group, Mike Evans has not practiced this week. Chris Godwin is coming back from a multi-week hamstring injury and has been limited. He is still not 
you know, gotten into that full participation type range. So if he can go, it's going to be limited. Mike Evans, like I said, not practicing. So if he can go, he's probably not going to be 100%. Hasn't been 100% really this season. How aggressive is Tampa Bay going to be with putting those guys out there? And if one or both can't go, well, then suddenly that's a huge advantage. And it it closes that delta of talent between Kevin King, the next guy, relative to what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to put on the field. So there are some things working in Green Bay's favor in that way. You have to get a little bit lucky with some of this stuff. They're not getting that close game luck because they're not having to because they're blowing teams out. But they have gotten some injury luck. Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones gets hurt in the Falcons game, Michael Thomas. I mean, there's there's been some things that have gone their way. Not having one of Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard is already out. That would that would have pretty big ramifications for how the Packers can attack this offense. And let's say Kevin King misses a couple weeks. Well, they've got the Vikings looming in a matchup with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is in the mix to be the rookie of the year. He's been outstanding. 49ers are looming with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. So there are going to be some matchups where the Packers cover corners are going to have to be just that. And it's going to be a big test. It puts them in a nice position, though. You get Kenny Clark back. Now the pass rush becomes whole and you put those corners in a better position. If, let's say, Jackson or Holman is not quite up to the task, at least now you've got closer to a full team in front to make all of that work. Before we get to our crossover edition, let's talk again about Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through the game because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. It's made for people like us. And it's nice. You take a little Pepsi. You got your nachos, your brat, your beer. I like to have a a multi-beverage situation for game watching. Pepsi is made for football watching. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store we are back for another crossover thursday locked on packers locked on bucks david harrison joining me now to talk about a tampa bay team that is certainly fighting for a division title and expects to be in the mix for a Super Bowl title. 
Let me start with the most obvious question, or at least the, the obvious big picture question, as currently constituted from what you've seen through five weeks, right now, are the Buccaneers that kind of team? Are they a NFC contending type team? Yeah, I mean, I think the Buccaneers are an NFC contending team as much as really anybody else is now, except for maybe the Seattle Seahawks. But even the Seahawks, you look at them, I mean, their defense is not what you would consider championship caliber right now, of course. There's a lot of season left you know, to go, so we'll see if they can get things put together and maybe become a championship caliber defense. But as far as the Buccaneers are concerned, they've, they've got the horses, and that's kind of the, the phrase I keep going back to, is they've got the horses to put this whole thing together. And even in that week one loss to the New Orleans Saints, a lot of people came out of that game thinking the Buccaneers looked like the better team, just not the team that executed better on that night. And that's really what this boils down to is the Buccaneers, uh, as sick as Buccaneers fans are, are hearing it, you know, it just boils down to Bucks not beating Bucks. As soon as they stop beating themselves, they're going to be fine and they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to make it to the postseason. And, you know, if you're playing in January, you're competing for the Super Bowl and you're a Super Bowl contender as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to get too far off track, but I have to go back to something you said. Yeah. Why is it the Seattle team that you think could be deemed as being ahead of everyone else and not, say, for example, the 4-0 Packers that have just basically dominated every game they've played? Oh, the Packers are definitely up there as well, along with the Seattle Seahawks. Just the Seahawks is a team that I look to. Honestly, it's Russell Wilson. And, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, I think right now, if, if you had to call the race today, I think it's between Russ and I think it's between Aaron Rodgers. And for me, I think I give the edge just a little bit to Russell Wilson. I think that he gives the Seahawks just a little bit more of a boost than Aaron Rodgers does right now. But you have to give Aaron Rodgers his credit. You have to give the Packers their credit. I mean, they've been, been missing Devontae Adams. Uh, they've been missing, you know, uh, Kenny Clark. And then, of course, going back to and this is something I'm going to address with you later. You know, going back to the NFL draft and all the all the booze and all the criticism my, myself, I was confused as well as to just how bare the shelves were. But then you look at what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense and the, and the team in general has been able to do missing, you know, two of their key key pieces. I mean, they had uh, that other series. I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Lazard, they had Lazard, you know, coming on strong and then he goes out to an injury. Yet this team is still 4-0, like you said, and they're still putting up points at a, at a better rate than anybody else in the National Football League. So that's definitely not a slight towards the Packers. Just for me personally, I think if I have to call the, the MVP race today, I give Russell Wilson a slight edge over Aaron Rodgers, but not because Aaron Rodgers isn't MVP, isn't MVP caliber. All right. I just, you know, I needed a little clarity on that one, David. Not a, you know, <laughs> not a big deal. Yeah. Um, so let's get back to our discussion about this Tampa Bay team because we we went into the year going, this is going to be, you know, the, the most explosive group of pass catchers Tom Brady has had, you know, in a while. There was some discussion, oh, this is the best group he's ever had. But injuries have already put a damper on that. You right. you lose Chris Godwin early in the season. Now O.J. Howard is out for the year. We don't know as we're recording this if Godwin is going to be able to play. He's been uh, back with the team uh, in, in a, a very limited way so far. Mike Evans coming off injury too. So where do they stand with their skill position, guys? Because the running backs have been a little underwhelming this year. The offensive line has been inconsistent. But this skill talent is supposed to be the strength of this offense. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a rough beginning to the year. You know, like you said, the skill position is supposed to be the, the strength there. And then losing O.J. Howard. Mike Evans hasn't been healthy all season. I mean, he's played more than Chris Godwin has. But he's been you know injured every single week that he's come out to play the game. He's just playing through those injuries. Whereas Chris... You know, uh, concussion was the first injury that he suffered and then hamstring after that. So 
just kind of facing things that you can't really necessarily push through uh, the way that you would want to. Now, you know, in theory, hopefully they're all getting healthier. They're all going to they're all going to be able to come back. They're all supposed to be, be practicing this week. Scotty Miller, even I mean, he played against Chicago and he did really well uh, during Chris Godwin's absence. But in that Chicago game, you can see it there. He he got out snapped by rookie Tyler Johnson. And it's not because Tyler Johnson is just that good that he pushed Scotty Miller down the depth chart that quickly. It's because Scotty Miller was that injured that he gave it his all and he gave everything he could. But at the end of the day, the Buccaneers just couldn't afford to keep him on the field as much as they would like to. And you really saw that with the long game or the lack of the long game really against the Chicago Bears for the duration of the night. The more that Scotty Miller is off the field, the more the Bears are able to condense their defense a little bit and the more they were able to make things harder on Tom Brady and that, that unit. So it's, it's extremely important for this unit to get back and get healthy because, again, going off of that, you know, this was supposed to be the vehicle that Tom Brady was going to be able to hit the highway and just kind of put it into overdrive and really get things going, but it just hasn't been there because, you know, stay, saying with the car analogy, there's just been a blown tire here, or, you know, they're low on fuel over here. What Whatever issue you have has kept this Buccaneers offense from getting able or being able to gel completely and get things going. And, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of talent. Um, you know, Matt LaFleur called Levante David and, and Devin White as, as good a, a linebacker combination as there is. But one of the reasons why they were able to play so well this year uh, and, and even going back to last year is because of the presence of Vita Vea and Dominican Sue in there as well. And then, of course, they've got JPP and, and Shaq Barrett on the edges. But losing Vita Vea is a pretty big deal. How do you think it impacts how Tampa Bay may choose to attack this Packers offense that wants to play with some balance, that wants to run the ball, that wants to be able to, to stay in in um, you know, a, a balanced approach, whereas Tampa Bay has been excellent stopping the run to this point. Yeah, that's that's really something that everybody is kind of is, is going to be looking for. Vita Vea, the importance of him, you know, and the impact the, the impact that he has, not just on the run defense, but also on, on the pass rush uh, can't be understated. And this is a young guy who, you know, he, he's been kind of a role player. He's been a guy who swallows blocks and kind of, you know, takes away some of the attention, helps open gaps for other guys. But this season, he was doing that, and he was also getting some stats on, of his own. I mean, he was on pace to just completely blow away his career high in tackles, career high in sacks, pressures, all that stuff. So to see him get injured that way, see him leave that game, I mean, especially, you know, the game's not over, over, but it's towards the end of the game, less than two minutes left. You know, they end up losing. So not only do they lose the game to the Bears, then they also lose, you know, one of their most important defensive members. The good thing for this defensive front seven is there are other players like that. Will Golson can slide inside and produce a little bit. It's going to be more of a speed type of, of rush, a speed type of package. I would expect to see the Buccaneers try to win again, like more with speed than they are with power and with opening up holes. They're just going to try to straight up beat the guy lining up for across from them now week to week. That's going to be a little bit more difficult depending on who the matchup is. And then, of course, looking at the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, there's there's a reason Aaron Rodgers has the status in this league that he has. This isn't a guy that you're just going to get a guy in so quickly that he just doesn't know what's going on. Like, you might get him once, twice here or there, but eventually if that's what you've got to live on, he's going to understand that, you know, the play calling, I assume, is going to adjust. He's going to make checks to the line, whatever he needs to do to beat that, that approach to the defense. So Todd Bowles really has a big challenge ahead of him. A little bit fortunate that he's had the extended week to kind of prepare for the Green Bay Packers, but... Also, on the flip side of that, Aaron Rodgers has had an extended period of time to prepare for this defense and to look at what Todd Bowles has done in the past, his tendencies when he's got smaller pass rushers and a smaller defensive line. So we'll see how that whole thing works out. The, the running game, though, and Aaron Jones and what he's might, he might be able to do, Jamal Williams as well, is really kind of what I'm curious about. This is one of the best rush defenses, if not the best rush defense 
in the National Football League by a lot of metrics. So I'm really curious to see just how much of an impact this has because it's going to have an impact. Like bottom line, teams are going to be able to run on the Buccaneers more than they have in the last season, season four weeks with Todd Bowles in this unit. But how much more are they going to be able to run? That's going to be huge. Rakeem Nunez, Noches, Roches, Nacho, as they call him on the team, is going to be a big part of that. And then Will Golston again, along with Indominus Sue. And that makes it interesting to me in terms of how Todd Bowles wants to approach uh, playing Aaron Rodgers. Because, you know, if, if you're able to stop the run and you're able to get in second and longs and, you know, potentially third and longs, then all of a sudden you've got blitz packages. And, and Todd Bowles is one of the best defensive coordinators in football at scheming free rushers, at scheming up pressures, at, you know, showing looks where you don't know which guys are coming and which guys are dropping. And... Aaron Rodgers has been getting the ball out as quickly as he has in his whole career, and they've still been able to pick up these junk plays. Tampa Bay has a young secondary. It's a very talented, very long secondary, uh, but it's still uh, a young secondary. So my question is, how much do you think Todd Bowles is going to be aggressive here, maybe blitz on some early downs, uh, and, and see if they can they can get some splash plays to put the Packers behind the sticks? What would uh, his approach be, do you think? I mean, yeah, I think he's got to be aggressive. I think you're going to see more of Levante, David, and Devin White blitzing. Uh, that's something that they've, they've been wanting to work on this season anyway is getting those off-ball linebackers involved in the pass rush more than they were able to last year. And Devin White, every anytime he's asked about becoming a blitzer or a better blitzer or more of a pass rusher, he just gets a, a huge smile across his face. It's something Unleash that I think, me. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a young man, you know, I mean, across the board, I mean, every defender loves getting after the quarterback. And when you, you face a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you take you take no more ple- pleasure in anything other than trying to, to to frustrate him, to stifle him, to keep him from doing what he does so well, and that is just pick defenses apart. When you look at it from a defensive you know standpoint, you have to be aggressive. I mean, you can't if you sit back and just try to I don't know wait for Aaron Rodgers to make a mistake. It's not going to happen. You're going to be waiting you know and, until the, your next career because this career is not going to last very long if that's the approach you're taking against Aaron Rodgers. So that's not going to work. So you just you kind of have to you have to force the issue with him. You've got to. Do what you can to knock him off his spot, if, if you can even do that. Make him uncomfortable. And really, you talk about that young secondary, I think they're going to be crucial here. We've seen them over the last two weeks get a little tentative. And I almost wonder if it's uh, kind of a, a stress reaction to what happened against Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. They gave up some of those chunk plays. And then you come into Thursday night against the Bears, and all of a sudden you've got you know Carlton Davis, who is known as one of the more aggressive defenders in, in the National Football League, at least from the Buccaneers standpoint. Is, is playing 10 yards off of a guy like Allen Robinson. And I got it. Allen Robinson is great. But you give Allen Robinson a 10-yard cushion, they're going to do exactly what the Bears did with Nick Foles, and they're just going to dink and dunk you all the way down the field, kick field goals, or take advantage of some missed assignments and get some touchdowns late in the game. But either way, you're, you're going to give – it's kind of the old-school Bucks defense of Ben don't break, but you cannot do that against a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers because he's going to break you time and time again. He's just, he's just going to figure out ways to do it. They're going to scheme it open. He's going to throw it open. So really, at, on the outside – on the inside, you've got to get in quick. You've got to get in as, as fast as you can, whether it's Devin White, Levante David, JPP, Shaq Bear, whoever. Get into in Aaron Rodgers' grill as fast as possible. Try to make him get the ball out quicker than he wants to. And on the outside, you've got to impact the routes. You've got to impact the timing. You can't let the receivers get to their spots on time because even when you delay it, Aaron Rodgers is such a quick processor when, he, when he's surveying the defense. He's still going to get the ball to the right spot most of the time. But if you can get him to to misfire on things because he's expecting a guy to be somewhere they're not due to the secondary even you know 
call it 10% of the time, then you're already winning the battle more than most defenses. Are. Okay. So the, the, the bucks opened as favorites in this game that that line yeah. uh, with the odds makers has swung the other way. Right. Um, I, I can't remember the last time a game like that swung where there were no major injuries and no games played <laughs> that swung a line <laughs> like this. Uh, but paint for me, the path. What is the path for the Buccaneers to win this game? I'm not saying that you need there's some crazy path. I'm just saying if the Buccaneers win, why do they win? Uh, no turnovers on the offensive side of the ball for for one. They cannot 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 give away possessions uh, against against the Green Bay Packers, and they can't give Aaron Rodgers you know extra possessions as you call it. And then they got to become the first team to pick off Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown an interception this season. I know. You know, the naysayers are like, yeah, but he's also only played four games and most of these other teams have played five. Yeah, got it. But he's still gone four NFL games without throwing a single interception. That's still impressive. And he's one of the he's uh, hasn't had a turnover worthy play this season, according to PFL. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So it's not even like, you know, you just have a defender dropping an interception that should have been an interception. Just Aaron Rodgers is playing just just football at a, at a level that I mean, we've seen, to be honest with you, but that I don't think a lot of people expected to see in 2020. And then, yeah, you talk about that swing. I mean, I think the Buccaneers coming out early favorites, I think the swing was caused by the betters. I think there was just a whole lot of betters taking that money line (laughs) or the Packers because, you know, even if the Buccaneers win, you expect it to be, you know, a very close game. So so you can probably feel comfortable taking those points. Um, But that being said, I mean, they they have to get at least one turnover on Aaron Rodgers. You have to steal a possession away, force him, force his offense to play from from behind schedule in in an entire game script type of type of manner. And then on offense, you can't. You can't have the turnovers. Obviously, penalties are going to be huge. The Buccaneers are one of the most penalized, if not the most penalized team in the National Football League. I haven't checked it since the end of this week's uh, games, but they're easily one of the most penalized teams in, in the NFL. And again, it's the Green Bay Packers. They're 4-0 for a reason. They're top of the NFC uh, North for a reason. You know, they're, they're a playoff lock pretty much every season for a reason, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy. So again, getting him off the spot, getting him uncomfortable, that's going to help you hopefully cause a mistake, maybe a tip pass because it's you know it's off tra- trajectory a little bit and your opportunistic defense can take advantage of it. That's what needs to happen is at least one takeaway and no turnovers from the offense. Yeah, it is a contrast in in discipline in that way because Green Bay has been one of the least penalized and and most yeah. reliable holding on to the ball teams this year. And the Buccaneers have uh, been the opposite with the penalties and, and some of the turnovers, the drops. We talked about that yesterday with Trevor Sycamore, like – Ronald Jones just can't catch. And and so uh, that's a big problem for them. So it'll be interesting to see. And I think it's going to be a great game. I love that we get another iteration of of um, Aaron Rodgers on one side and, and Tom Brady on the other. So it uh, I think it's going to be a great game. David, I appreciate the insight. Yeah, definitely, Peter. Thank you. All right, before we finish up, today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Buying car parts is never easy unless you have a wealth of knowledge. And who has the time? Who has the energy to spend on that? Plus, right now, who can go to their local store and just pick up whatever? It's a lot harder than it used to be. Well, rockauto.com wants to make it easier. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same 
parts. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Of course, our live show on Periscope. We had some technical difficulties last week. Uh, hopefully those are figured out. Five Central on Periscope. And then the podcast will be up shortly thereafter. The game is a 3.30 Central time kick. So it's the national window. If you don't live in the Midwest, if you're on the East Coast, West Coast, doesn't matter. Uh, you are going to get that 430 game. It's a Fox doubleheader. It's the national game. A lot of the, the scheduling and restructuring, unless you're getting a local game, you are going to get Packers, Bucks. Uh, it's the it's the big boy call. It's Joe Buck. It's Troy Aikman. It's Aaron Andrews. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. 